0: I don't want to be a broken record about, about, um, the therapy thing, but, um, I think that being able to, and I know this is a, this is a luxury too, but to whatever extent that you can being able to use the time, you know, in addition to searching for your next thing, also recuperating and resting and, uh, you know, doing some creative pursuits, things that sort of ground you in, um, Being a human being first, Um, spending time with your family, um, whatever that might be. I think all that stuff is really important for your health. um, And I don't think that you can really um, have a a healthy job search (laughs) or even a healthy start to your job without caretaking uh, on that side. Um, So for me, that's been really, that's been really um, uh, enriching and, and has helped.
1: Welcome to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week, a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello, everybody, Grant Hunter here for another Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week. Boy, Steve, you know, the news in the past few months in the tech industry has not been the best for workers. A lot of layoffs, not just in product management, across all aspects of it. And one of our members said, hey, one of the members who had been affected said, hey, could we do a topic of the week talking about how do you bounce back? After being fired or let go, right? Because sometimes it's not a fire. I don't, for me, fire sort of has a connotation of you were not doing your job and we let you go. Where often it's a riff, a reduction in force, or a layoff. Either way, it sucks. I've been there multiple times. Uh, so we're going to talk about this. What I mean? What are you seeing out there?
2: Well, I'm certainly seeing you know a lot of layoffs in the news for sure. Um, but I remember a story from a few years ago, um, the co- the company just deleted the whole product department. Uh, and then six months later, they went, oh, now I know what all those product managers do. And they have the audacity to call them back and say, hey, would you return? And they're like, dude, you think I've been unemployed for six months?
1: <laughs> I- they bounced back didn't
2: they they did they did but uh you know it it's uh I, I don't know it it it's it's heartrending to feel like you know not everybody loves me but it has really nothing to do in most cases it has nothing to do with us you know it's internal business nonsense yeah not uh, I, not you know not your work in other words
1: I I won't go too far down this rabbit trail, but it, you know, if you look at how much money Google spent on stock buybacks in the past year versus how much money they were cutting salary, you can see where the priorities are sometimes for some of these companies.
2: So with
1: this in mind, we asked the question on Monday, how do you bounce back from being fired or let go from your product management job? Uh, I've been there. It's, it it can be the scariest time. In my experience, every time I've, I, I, in hindsight, every time I feel like it was something that led me to something better and more. So we put this in there and Jason Weber, you're just like, you're becoming, you're, you're challenging Eva and Jason Vincelette with your your speed for answering. Uh, and you shared uh, something you wrote when you were going through your transition a year or so ago. Do you want to sort of summarize, talk about sure. you know, high level points?
3: So I I, I did this quickly because I'm passionate about it. Um, This happened to me two years ago. That article I published on LinkedIn was right after I found the new role and said, this is what I um, uh, did. But what I found, if I could pick one thing, there's a lot of things that were in there, but if I could pick one thing, having a support group help you get through it. A support group that is not your spouse but it is other people who are going through it at the time. I had a lot of people. Um, one, one friend of mine, he always reminded me, you deserve to be happy because I was about to take any job and I, and I knew I wasn't going to be happy in it, but I needed a job. And he always reminded me, you deserve to be happy. I went through a process with a company. It was like an eight week interview with, I don't know how many freaking interviews I went through and I came in second. So I texted my two best job seeking buddies and, uh, One of them had called me within 30 seconds of receiving that text. And the other one called about a minute later while I was on with the first one. You can't underestimate the value of that support that you can get from that. It's a hard process to go through, but having other people do it, it's a community. So I'll start with that. I'm sure other people are going to cover a lot of things that I you know, other
1: no, things. It, it, it is. And, and <clears throat> that feeling, and I've been there when you sent out some texts or emails in mm-hmm. the phone rings, uh, it's, <clears throat> it makes you feel not alone, right? Exactly. And, and that's something that happens. It can be such a lonely time. <clears throat> Eva, luckily you have never been in this position, but you shared a pretty good roadmap. And I know it's something that you've stressed about uh talk to me about your approach what what, how you think you would handle it
4: i mean just to kind of take a step back no i've never been laid off or fired i've been in it for 20 years so i'm very lucky but i was almost homeless in 2005 and i think this is what makes me afraid about being fired or laid off so if there are um, rumors at a company that they're not doing good i usually take the proactive steps to to move on just to protect my own financial health. But I think mm. some of the things that I kind of talked about were um, maybe finding out what um, what companies and products excite you and then kind of look at the look at the inner or the job postings in that way i made the mistake in the past of literally just applying to anything that like you know jason had said like any type of position and i think you get some type of fatigue with that so just making sure that you actually want to work there and you're interested in the product and then i think the other thing is when you finally do get into those interviews ask them questions, like ask them how the engineering team and the product team work together. Ask them how decisions are made. Ask, you know, how transparent you can be on the job, because I think that's where a lot of red flags come in at employers when you don't realize how things work in product. And then you're kind of like, oh, this isn't a Marty Kagan novel, guys. (laughs) So, yeah.
1: (laughs) No, I think that's great. And I think those red flags are things that jason sort of alluded to it there are times i took jobs i shouldn't have there's times i took jobs where there was a red flag i mean not one red flag 15 20 red flags but at some point when you need to pay your mortgage or whatever you 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 sort of do that and i think that that's one of my learnings i've had having done it that you need to sometimes realize that and if you see the warning signs not do it and sometimes when we're in this transition period it's tough to, to do that May Wong is not with us this week. She's vacationing in California, but she had a, she had a nice list, sort of how the last round went for her. She was, she knew it was coming and didn't know why. So was unhappy. She did a lot of therapy, uh, go through the root causes. Cause sometimes it's, it, this boils up more than just the work stuff, disbelief. You need me. How could you do this relief? You mean, I don't have to continue the situation. And often when it's happened to me, I've been miserable in that job, right? Sometimes it was the best thing that could happen. Understanding, oh, so you laid me off so you can fund X, Y, Z for the team, good luck. Uh, moving on, I can do better and then self-determination. This is why I won't, I, this is what I want, I won't settle. So I thought it was a pretty good framework, uh, you know, thinking about it. Jason, you said you had to go through the healing as well during your, your role last time.
3: Yeah, so. I actually, um I, I, really quick story, sorry for taking over. I was interviewing for a job that was very similar to my previous job. I hadn't gotten the role. I was on the final interview. I woke up in the middle of the night, freaked out, like all anxious about this job that I didn't even have yet. That next day I told him I wasn't interested. So (laughs) if you're,
1: if you're, if you're having nightmares about a job you haven't even started yet, that may be a red flag.
3: (laughs) I was going to get the offer too, but oh, well. Yeah.
1: Corey, you, and, and then I'm, we'll get to everybody as well. I'm just going with the people who had answered on Monday. Corey, you said a few things in mind. Talk us through your few things.
5: Yeah. So I reiterate the, the fact that it's probably not about you. Uh, it's There's other bigger concerns, uh, but they don't owe you a job and you don't have to work there. So <laughs> that, that's always going to be true. Um, the, the fact that you are not your job, uh, you are who you are. You have skills and that can benefit a company or not. Um, but I think the more important one is, uh, prepare, be prepared, basically. So everybody on this call right now, the next email, the next call you get, you're fired. What do you do? Uh, go ahead and play that game. Go ahead and look and see what would I do? do how much money do I have? Cause the two times this has happened to me, the first time I freaked out. And the second time I was not freaked out at all. And that's what allowed me the second time to wait for the right role or when I found something that I thought I could do. And that took eight months. So part of it was how much, how long can I survive without a job? I needed to answer that question for me. Uh, What kind of job do I want? Exactly uh, what you had said is, is this the type of thing that I want to do or not? I could have been a safe consultant for five different companies. And I said no to every one of them (laughs) because screw that job Uh, unless unless it's like, In my head, I had planned that if I don't get anything in a year, then I'll take whatever I can do and just get a good hobby. Um, But the job that you have now is unlikely to be your last one. You're going to have others, whether it's your choice or not your choice. Um, So go ahead and prepare your network, your market, your finance, your mindset every day because I'm working in a startup right now. That's part of the mentality is every day I could be fired every day. We could have run out yeah. of money every day. I could need something else. And to be okay with that is a very different mental space than, Oh my God, I need this job. Or like Eva said, I, you know, I, I will be homeless or something else. So yeah. I would go ahead. The best advice I could offer someone is go ahead and prepare now. Like you are being fired today. I,
1: I, I, Having been through it, it was easier the second time. Yeah, but it's still never easy, right? You still have the risk. And yep. Steve, I'm just telling you right now, I do want this to be the last job I ever have. So just so you're aware, I'm in it for the long haul.
2: Uh, well, don't, don't check your email.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right,
1: let's get some of the other people in on this question. And I'm going to, I'm going to start with Joy. Joy,
6: how do you bounce back?
1: What's your take? You, you've
6: We've had some conversations. <laughs> I have had some conversations. I've had several experiences, and um, I would say so. I'm going through that currently, right now. And I would say right now, I'm in a different headspace than I've been in the past. Um, and I think I'll, I'll do a shameless plug for for Grant and Steve. Um, part of product growth leaders is uh, uh, product leaders in transition. Um, it's a weekly call, and you bi-weekly. are biweekly. Um, and you're meeting with other people who are in the same boat as you. Um, in the past, you know, Jason said you need um, a support group. And I, I'm not sure how how I would have found these people if it wasn't for, well, this topic of the week, um, and also the product leaders in transition you know, I mentioned Headspace, there were occasions in the past where I was too embarrassed to reach out for help, because I did take it personally, and I didn't want people to know. <laughs> I was just hoping it would go away, and people would never even know, <laughs> you know, that there was a gap, or that I'd been let go, or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I've I've had a lot, I, I would say that the support, you know, is, is definitely needed, and being able to find that support. Um, I love Corey's idea, be ready every day for that email. You can't sit back on your laurel, you know, you just can't do that. And I've uh, been guilty of that. And uh, I will try not to let that happen again. Um, and I would say to I've been doing a lot more reading um, and watching videos, uh, making sure, you know, that I'm following up uh, with the Marty Kagan's of the world and, you know, reading different books that are recommended and, uh, tending whatever webinars that I can, and also, you know, doing what I can to, um, be more, um, engaged in LinkedIn or blog or product coffee or product camps or whatever I can be involved in. I'll, I'll do it, and um, you know that'll just make me more marketable and do more networking.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Joy. Shaughnessy, let's get you in here, get some of your takes on uh, how do you bounce back? How, how, what's your approach?
0: Yeah, so um, I will say twice I have been in a position where I um, have left a job involuntarily. <laughs> um the (laughs) the first one was a few years ago and um it just turned out that the you know i I spent a year there and it just turned out that the skills weren't a fit so i i did take that pretty personally i took that one pretty hard um i'd spent I'd, i'd given a lot to it trying to um trying to improve trying to get the feedback that i needed and so that one was a really um difficult blow for me and i did also feel very, um, very anxious. So what what folks are talking about of just like the the panic of what am I going to do? Um, that there was a lot of that going on. Um, and I ended up, um, I I kind of jumped right into, and I gave myself a little bit of time to to have those feelings, and then jumped into practical mode of like, here's my spreadsheet of what you know what am I what am I applying to. Um, what's the status, what, you know, it, it just like, trying to approach it in a very systematic way, um, and was able to land on my feet pretty, pretty quickly. Um, but, uh, what I didn't do was really, uh, any of the, didn't really give myself a chance or have a chance to have the emotional, um, processing of it, right? The, whatever, what everyone's saying about not taking it personally and not being your job and, and all of that. Um, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, and I paid for that a couple of years later, um, as part of like my, my burnout, which I don't want to, uh, that's a longer story. Um, uh, I, I brought a lot of that baggage into my, my, uh, stress about my current job. Like the next job after that suffered a lot. Um, I suffered a lot of, of anxiety and insecurity. So I ended up in therapy. So plus one to whoever it was that said therapy, and I haven't left. And I mean, there's, I really just think that therapy should be considered like preventative care, like therapy should just be a standard thing that everybody should have access to. Um, I'm very, very fortunate that I have access to it. I recognize that not everybody does, um, but it was only through um, a long time in therapy that I started to be able to disconnect my worth from my job, either a job that I lost or a job that I'm in, um, and remember that I'm, you know, a, a human being out, outside of outside of it. That it's, you know, uh, like someone else said, just a set of skills that I bring. Um, and that really equipped me, I think this time around recently, um, to, to weather it a little bit better. Um, I was also very fortunate that I had a very soft landing, um, from my, uh, the employer who laid me off in December. Um, uh, there's been like time where I could, um, you know, uh, look for something else in the company. It was more of a restructuring. Um, so I I feel very fortunate in that way. I wasn't, like some folks were just immediately cut off <laughs> and Amen. i can imagine the that slack no be longer a lot works worse. you're gone <laughs> like the, and that's how you find out i can't i can't believe that behavior right of like you 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 don't know basically your your badge doesn't work one day and that's how you find out that you have lost your job I, it's so inhumane um, the so I, I i mean as i uh, look for my next uh, thing which right now I'm I'm planning on waiting a while. I'm doing some consulting um, and contracting instead to try to just kind of like see if I can do this on my own for a while. Um, but if I decide to go back into another role, looking for that that humane behavior, that you know human centered uh, ethos as part of the core values of the company, um, it's going to be a big criteria for me and where I decide to go. Um, so. Little long winded, but, but that's my experience.
1: Thank you for sharing, Shaughnessy. Uh, Praveen, how about you? Your thoughts.
7: Yeah. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, I've landed in places a couple of times where, you know, hiring manager hires and then he's gone, like he or she is gone in like two months. Then you're like wondering what happened and all the, it kind of creates like weird situations for you, right? So I've been through those and I don't know how to even read those situations prior to even taking that role, right? And as you mentioned, sometimes it's financial. Sometimes it's the only opportunity you have. Like, you know, you have to try it out. Um, But any case, so I think every time this happened, I kind of reflected on the situation. And if I have done honestly, like all the right decisions as part of whatever role I was in, and if I've done that, then that's it. I mean, I don't need to feel any guilt, nor do I have to feel any uh, anything about like, you know, why I'm not, why I'm in that situation. It's more of a reflection on the business. A lot of the times that um, also like, you know, culture, business or whatever else dynamics that might be happening in those organizations. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, um, like others mentioned, um, Educating myself, reading a lot of things. Uh, there are a lot of thought leaders in product uh, on LinkedIn or otherwise. I learn a lot uh, through network. It's growing
1: exponentially too. It seems like every month there's oh. an exponential amount of
7: more thought leaders on product. <laughs> yes, yes. So I am trying to like, uh, you know, uh, tone that down a little bit for myself because I am like looking at a lot of these things and like, okay, uh, I need to find like a more uh, focused channels through which I'm going to learn, um, and also I need to not hear the same things, but expand, right? Like beyond what I know. Um, so those are the some things I'm trying to figure out. Um, but otherwise I've seen a lot of support, not just this group here, but a lot of other folks that I've known ex-colleagues to like a lot of folks in my network who have all been willing to help um, and navigate this phase. So very thankful. Awesome, thank you Praveen.
1: Brian Weber, welcome back. I haven't seen you in a while,
8: you're on mute. Thank you. It has been a while. Um, I would say almost yes to everything everybody said. You know, the support groups, set yourself up, you know, uh, can you get that emergency fund so you're not running out grabbing the first job, all that kind of stuff. Um, but a couple of things. First, when it first happens, do some self-reflections and just say, was there anything I could do? Most likely, no. It, you know, if Google, what was it, 12,000 people? You can pretty safely pretty say, safe, there was nothing I could do. If it's one or two people, maybe there's a little more reflection you should do there and then move on. Um, you know, Always look to say, am I a part of this or not? Um, so just determine that. But then the support group, definitely. Um, I know when this happened to me, it was important even just to go out to lunch with friends and see other people. So much of that is tied to work that you're talking to other people. So sitting in your room, trying to find jobs all by yourself, 40 hours a week isn't healthy. Uh yeah. find people go out for coffee, for lunch, whatever it is. Um, even if they're not related to product management, your field, jobs, just to see other people.
1: No, I, I completely agree. And you know, there's always some self-reflection. Both times I was let go, it was by a CEO who There was a, I was a head of product and they were the CEO and there was a difference in opinion on strategy or something and, or they wanted to do the job and not have me do it. Right. We were stepping on each other's toes, but there's still self-reflection because it's like, you know, part of it is, could I have seen this coming? And actually in both cases, I saw it coming and I was ready for it when it happened. Uh, But there's always some self-reflection about what could I have done differently uh, you know in both of those situations, the first thing I did was I made a list. Uh, I, I grouped them in A, B, C. The A's were people who I wanted to reach out to right away who I think could help me. B's were people who I just, you know, so taking my networking and, and sort of prioritizing who I, maybe I could have used an idea to prioritize, Steve, how, who I should contact. Uh, but I think that's a key thing to be thinking about. Thank you, Brian.
8: Yeah. And Pamela. just one other, thing, one oh, other thing to add is, which I'm, I need to get better at, interview all the time uh yeah. there's someone out that's in this group which i won't name the name but i know he interviews all the time and not even expecting to get the job or take it if it's offered but just to have those connections and be ready so if something does happen you have people to reach out to
1: you never know when you're going to find the right job right, right. and so interviewing helps you with that it keeps those skills short but also keeps your networking and growing and that type of stuff i you know i think that's a great thing you should oh you might not be proactively looking for them, but if they come to you, hell yeah, exactly. have a conversation. Yep, awesome, Pamela.
9: Yeah, so I, I was I was thinking of the story um, <clears throat> about this guy who who calls up the um, funeral parlor, and he says, um, "I want to postpone my funeral another day," right. And so he basically rebooks his funeral and then he calls the next day and he rebooks it because you're always supposed to live as though today was your last. Okay, so that's a general idea. So with that in mind, I guess, I, I I must admit there are times when it's come as a surprise and times when it was kind of expected, but in general, I think we should all be um, thinking about the job and the people and and kind of separating those. Right. So in other words, if someone gets laid off, even if I don't think they did an amazing job, I will definitely reach out to them and make sure they're part of my network. So in other words, I try and pay it forward before I have to go and say, by the way, can you have coffee with me? Right. And I think uh, everybody who said you have to go out and have coffee, like having replacing your work network with another network as soon as possible makes you feel good and makes you much come across much more effectively in interviews. And so it's a head game, right? Mm -hmm. It really is a head game. Um, you have to look like you don't care really about getting the job or you're very like, you're not desperate for that job. Um, Mm -hmm. and that takes a certain amount of, um, of self-control. And, and, and maybe Shaughnessy, you know, when you go to therapy, it kind of relaxes you so you can actually be there, right? Because you have to be present. You have to be present in order to get another job, right? And you have to remain in the flow of information as opposed to in the flow of the information, uh, in the flow of the work that you do. Completely. If I could ju-
0: jump into and
9: and Corey in the chat just said something like
0: literally took the words right out of my mouth. One of the things that therapy taught me to do, like really do in my in my uh, emotionally and not just with my words, is ask myself what's the worst that could happen, and really think that through. Right? I lose my job. Am I homeless? Am I? Do I, am I, am I drained of my savings? Sorry about my cat here, Um, you know, and, and realizing like, okay, no, I'm a smart person. I have years of experience. I have a, a, I have a safety net. I have a support system. My husband, you know, like all of these things that help me understand, okay, the worst happens tomorrow. The world doesn't come to a screeching halt. You know, the house of cards doesn't fall apart. You have things that you can do. And, and, and that really um that really helped me both inside a job where when i was afraid of of losing that job um and then also uh when i kind of knew that my
9: layoff was coming
0: yep. um it was and huge. also and I I mean, therapy to was big Corey, for that to,
9: to take corey's point which is there have been times in my life when i didn't have that cushion and boy it sure that hurt
1: right so Yep. No, I, I agree. It actually, and Shaughnessy, you made me think about, I don't know if anybody's read Byron Katie's The Work. Uh, she has four questions. And often when we're going through this type of stress, right, uh, of losing a job or whatever it may be, these are questions that ha- first time somebody introduced it to me in my Vistage group. And the first time I read it, I'm like, oh, wow. And the questions are simple. Is it true? you have something in your mind that you're blaming yourself for why you were fired or whatever it may be. Is it true? Second question is, can you absolutely know that it's true? The third question is how do you react when you believe that thought? And the fourth is who would you be without that thought? And it's really, you know, our minds start going, we start building things in our heads that, you know, blaming ourselves, blaming other people. And it was just a great way for me to let go. So I you know, the, I echo the therapy, I echo the wor- what the worst could happen. Pamela, thank you for that. Before we move to the poll, any, I mean, we've had a great conversation. Some people haven't spoken for a while. I want to give anybody a chance on any any thoughts that have come up since then, or, or if we can move to the poll otherwise. I'll take that silence as we move to the poll. I mean, I-, so, I it,
5: I did have one comment, which is I, the thing that I concentrate on is doing a good job today. Uh, and if I do a good job to my standards, then whatever happens, it, it doesn't matter, right? If I do a good job and they fire me or I'm a laid off or whatever, I know I did a good job today. If I didn't do a good job today and they keep me, how do I feel about that, right? Do I do I feel bad that I didn't give them what I should have, that it was capable or or whatever? but um, I like the notion of just every day. Did I do a good job today? Do I feel good about how I performed in my job today? And then whatever happens after that is, is outside of my control.
1: You can only control what you can control. Isn't it, I mean, isn't that one of the things we were taught yep. long on, right? I think that was something I got from seven habits of highly effective people, right? You yep. Only you can control your emotions and how you react to something. And you control you your effort. That, you, know, you
5: control your behaviors. You control your language. Everything else. Yeah. Nope.
6: Yeah.
1: Awesome. So on Wednesday, we put the poll in, how can we best support product management professionals who have been fired or let go? Uh, Help them with networking, empathize and support them, identify opportunities that may be a fit, help them with the resume and interview prep or other, it depends. I'm going to start Eva with you. You had chosen identify opportunities that may be a fit, which came with about 14%.
4: Yeah, I think, I mean, all of them are great, but I think um, kind of showing someone a JD where they might possibly be a good fit, where say if they were working on APIs and uh, a position in their company opened up as like an API or more of a technical type PM, that might be a good fit. I think a lot of times I see when people have been laid off and then all these people respond and say, oh, take a look at my company. And they just send, you know, www.com slash career page and that can be really overbearing overwhelming um you know for someone to like just look at hundreds of job postings on a career page I think this kind of goes one step further and says hey I know for a fact that this individual is hiring for this position and I know you have the skill set here you go. And you're kind of giving them a silver platter. So I feel like that goes a step further than all the other items, um, especially, you know, with, with uh, being in a layoff situation.
1: No, I, I, that, that idea of that extra step, right. It's not just like sending them a hundred listings, right. They're doing that already. We have to realize that it's the you know, the bespoke nature of it. When you, when you see or find those that are very, very look like they could be good fits. you. Know. And I'll I'll say I voted for empathize and support. We'll get to that as well. But part of that action of helping them and doing it, especially in that sort of very personal way that you talked about it, shows them the empathy and the support uh, because it shows you that you're caring them that you're caring about them. Uh, I I I love the way you frame that, Eva. Thank you. Uh, Jason Weber, it doesn't surprise me you went with networking.
3: Well, I. (laughs) So when I first lost my job, I sucked at it. I had I had um, completely let my professional network go to seed, so to speak, and I had to redo it. And I found my job through my network in a completely unexpected way. And it happened very quickly. I went from first contact to job offer in less than two and a half weeks. And so um, uh, to me, it's such a key piece of it. And if somebody's struggling with it, it's it's one of the best things you can do. There's a, I mean, all of them are good things. Um, uh, but but to me, it it helped me jo- find the job, and so it was something. And and you can't be a very close, you know, supporter of everybody. You you find people kind of randomly sometimes, but you definitely can help people with ran- networking even if you've never met them before. So let
1: me add. What's the thing? Is it lunch club or something? Didn't you use?
3: Lunch Club is one of them. Um, uh, that I think is how Praveen and I met um, uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, yeah, Lunch Club is a thing where you put in your interests and uh, you can sign up for weekly, however many you want. Uh, Tracy was using it for a while, and um, uh, and you get just randomly paired with other professionals, and for the most part, they're fun conversations. I've had some great ones. Um, occasionally you get somebody who sells you something or wants to sell you something or whatever, but for the most part, they you get some really good conversations with people you would have never ever met before. So I do recommend lunch. I, I, I,
1: I, knew, you, I knew you had participated in that and I actually thought Praveen had come through that. Yeah. As the connection had come through that as well. So I wanted to make sure people were uh, aware of that. Uh, Joy, I'm looking at you right now, you voted other, it depends, and I'm thinking this is the one I could have done all of the above, because as everybody said, these are all important. Is is that why you went with other?
6: But I think you said, uh, Joy, I think you chose other, it depends because you wanna say all of the above. And if that's what you said, that is the case. It is. Um, I know you're supposed to pick, yeah, you're supposed to pick the most important. And so if, you know, hands to the fire if you ask me to choose the most important. I'm gonna say, um, help with interview and resume. And the reason I okay. said that is uh, during one of the product leaders in transition calls, the bi-weekly calls, there were two recommendations that like had been eye-opening, like life-changing. One of them was the book Nailed It, not the Cooking show. Um, there's a book called Nailed It: How to Nail the Interviews." And as I read it, I mean, it was like gripping. I, I I don't know how I ever got a job. Like any job I've gotten in the past was a fluke because I have been a terrible, terrible, terrible interviewer. Like I, I was just aghast. So nailed it, read it like front to back <laughs> like in one read. I mean, I was just couldn't believe it. And the other uh, recommendation that was made was ChatGPT. I'm obsessed with it. So you get onto ChatGPT, you put, you copy and paste a job description and say, what interview questions can I expect from this for this job based on this job description? And it will give you amazing questions. And then I'll take each question that ChatGPT has given me and said, how should I respond to this interview question when asked in an interview? And it gives amazing answers. (laughs) Now, maybe I shouldn't admit that. Maybe I shouldn't give away that little tip. But it's been fantastic because it'll recommend something, and I'll be like, "That's such a better answer than I would have given." I would have just said, "No, I don't have experience with mobile," or, you know, like, "Oh, that's what they meant." I didn't even like read it correctly. I mean, those two things. um, I took a lot of notes from the book, nailed it, and I keep going over them again and again and again. I've rehearsed and memorized the final closing question and chat GPT seriously every job description I'm running through chat GPT now to see what they're looking for
1: wow great some great (laughs) advice there uh Corey I'm gonna get your take on the empathize and support I sort of gave mine a little
5: so I have a phrase that is is first of mine whenever I'm in, in any kind of coaching advice support type whenever anybody asks me something is, I do not want to inflict help. Um, and I several times in the past have inflicted my help. What you ought to do is this, this, and this. And really what I need to do is what type of assistance can I offer? What do you need? You might need networking. You might need resume help. You might need somebody just to bitch and moan and say, it sucks when this happens. I, I, you know, if I'm there to support you and listen to what you need as somebody who's been fired, or somebody's worried about being fired, it's up to you to decide what help you need. It's not up to me to decide what help to offer you. Once you decide what help you really want today, then I can can see about assisting you or helping you or offering you advice or reviewing your resume or networking with you or whatever. But that has to come from the person that needs the help not the person that's inflicting help on somebody else.
1: I, I love that. And uh, that's not just in this situation. My wife and I just were having the same conversation about our kids, right? Sometimes our kids don't want us to solve the problems. Sometimes they just want us to listen to them.
5: Yeah. And the phrase and that I use that i <laughs> the phrase that has helped me other than just the mindset of, am I inflicting help or whatever else is how can I be of assistance? Um, would you like me, what would you like me to do? um it's it's one of those clean language questions of what would you like to have happen okay you want to talk to me great what would you like to have happen well i'd like you to review my resume and give me some pointers cool let's do that or what would you like to have happen i just need somebody to listen while we eat fatty foods cool i'm there for that too
1: oh i i love it thank you corey praveen had you voted
7: or if not what would you vote for I don't think I voted on this, but um, I I think it depends, too, um, on the person and where they are in terms of uh, the situation. But a lot yeah. of the times, I think it's making sure they are connecting to the right folks um, in terms of networking. And if there is not an opportunity, at least not in the short term, but at least it will help them uh, move towards that. right. Um, And sometimes I've found that through networking, you learn about opportunities that are not posted yet. They're thinking about it, but they have not posted it yet. So that I think is a great place to be, to learn of such things. Um, And I think the second one, empathize is important, especially if it is the first time somebody is experiencing this kind of situation. It is going to be very, very hard because they will be questioning everything. I went through that process years ago. Um, and you're like, why are you in that situation? Did I do something seriously wrong? Like, what's, you know, all kinds of things, right? And it's, you know, you just need to uh, help them get past that um, and then focus on things that will move towards the opportunities, um, right? So that's, that's been my approach, at least.
1: No, I completely agree, and I think that that empathize and support almost becomes a triage question, right? <clears throat> we, we can... Start there, and we're going. Uh, Shaughnessy, I'm gonna just because you put in the chat, right? How can I support you? Uh, are you empathizing or problem solving? Yeah, it, it does work in this context and in relationships and such. What did you vote, or if not, what would you vote for?
0: Um, I I did not vote. Um, didn't get a chance, but I definitely would have been in the empathize and support them camp. I think that. Um, I mean, at least in my experience, chiefly, that's the, the first thing I need is just somebody to honor where I am emotionally and let me have that. And, um, sometimes getting too fast into the problem solving, um, you know, kind of takes away and a really, really important opportunity for just processing. (laughs) Um, and so I, I think that's the most important, but part of how you know supporting them is um, is asking what they need. Maybe they don't need, maybe they do need resume help or an intro or something, but like asking is, I think, the most effective way
1: to get at that. Awesome, thank you, Brian.
8: I built off of, I did not vote, but I would have built off of Corey and Joy and kind of mm-hmm. cheat to empathize and support. The support is all of the above whatever you
1: need. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, as I said, this is the closest to all the above, but then the the poll would have been all all of the above. (laughs) And I couldn't have these great conversations. Pamela.
9: Um, I didn't vote. And my first thought when I looked at this was offer interview and resume support, because that's kind of what I usually do. That said, there is that precursor step, which is what do you really need? Sometimes people just need to talk. And other times, like yesterday, somebody was going for a job interview and I was like, talk to me, right? So really, really depends. Um, it turns out that I went through a rather structured program locally on how do you do your LinkedIn profile? How do you do other things? And so I've started um, helping other people with that because it comes up very often, especially people early in their careers, their LinkedIn profiles are terrible um their resumes are awful they don't know how to explain what they're doing and they certainly don't know how to interview so so i offer it kind of as a charitable contribution to the world if you like um but ultimately you can't you can't force what you offer down people sort if they if they feel like they're fine they're fine you know yeah. mm-hmm. i'm just gonna be a, a nice shoulder to talk to or someone to go have coffee with commiserate with
1: no, I, I I completely and totally get it, and I think it's <laughs> always hard to put these things, and it always seems like they all roll together, uh, and and it's probably all of them we should be doing, and and, and we should be there for that. Uh, so let's move to our first Friday question. What's the hardest part of being fired or let go from your product management job? And I'll, I'm actually going to start with Eva. You know, luckily you haven't been there yet. You know but I know it's something that's been in your head. What would the hardest part be?
4: I mean, honestly, and I'm very transparent in this group, realizing that it is being (laughs) recorded. Um, If you look at my LinkedIn, my, my employer history looks like a rainbow right now. And I think it's just because I left positions that weren't good fits for me. I left companies that weren't culturally good fits for me. That's not saying anything positive or negative, but my biggest fear is, I've only been in product for 18 months. And if I were laid off tomorrow um, and someone saw that I didn't really have a lot of longevity between you know 2021 to today, I feel like that that's gonna hurt me. Um, and that is honestly what scares me and, and keeps me up at night, frankly. I just, I don't, yeah, I'm not one of those people that have spent a decade at a company. I think my longest uh, job was like, Three or four years, um, so yeah, I just. That's my scary. longest
1: job was two and a half, three years. Out my average job was twelve to eighteen months. So, I think that's more <clears throat> acceptable now. But yeah, you know, I can understand, especially new into the into the role into the industry, uh, the fact that this is a tough thing. You know, and the hardest part is thinking if you're going to be, if people are going to look, look past that to, 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 to do that.
9: Uh, yeah. Three, three, three to four years right now is a long time.
1: Uh, and I will also say Eva, you know, the continuing education, and I know that you're, you're finishing your master's is a master soon. Th- that, that's all stuff that people look past the years and see that the continual growth that's going on there. So uh, you're doing all the right stuff. No, no, it. I, I understand the frustration of it because we don't have when we don't have control, it gets tough. Uh, but I, I think you're in a strong position, uh, and you've done a great job putting yourself there. So, my two cents. Uh, Steve, you've been quiet.
2: Here, I'm just uh, uh, absorbing it all. You know, I, I think the hardest part of being let go is uh, just the eroding of your confidence and, you know, doing some of the things that we've talked about in this call of networking and uh, finding a support group and maybe finding a therapist to just say, you know, you, you're you're still a good person. It just wasn't a good fit. Um, or, you know, gosh those guys were idiots to let you go, you know, so I, I think that would be the big issue. And I remember forever ago, I read a book called Die Broke by a guy named Paulin. And uh, it was a four part uh, investment strategy, really. Um, but one of his key ideas is you're a free agent. <clears throat> um, so the first idea was, you know, don't, don't have a, a big inheritance. Give your give your money away while you're you can still enjoy your kids having it. Um, but the second one was quit today. Consider yourself a free agent because you are. And yeah. somebody else's suggestion here I thought was brilliant is interview every year whether you need the job or not. You may find out there's a better job across the street, or you may find out you're in a pretty good position, so you should shut your yap. But either way, <laughs> you can keep your uh, Uh, interviewing skills current. And then the other one that I like a lot is, I think it's a book name, is Dig the Well Before You're Thirsty. Network now while you're employed. There's one person in my life who I otherwise really like, except the only time I talk to her is when she's looking for a job. Every three years, she's like, hey, let's get together. And I'm like, oh, did you lose your job? (laughs) She's like, oh yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah. I'm kind of rebooting my network. So yeah, should, I, I think should, it's all about sure. the emotion and support.
1: I, I, I agree from my experience. Any, any, I wanna to get to the other Friday question before we get to the, to the lightning round. Any other thoughts on this one before we move on?
5: So my initial thought was your mindset changing it, but it's the answer, I, I, as somebody was talking, I think Eva was talking, the question in my mind formed of what's next. So the minute it happens, thinking to yourself, what's next? Uh, and is it my fault, you know, what do I need to do today next, within the next five minutes to stop, you know, thinking bad thoughts or, or start having positive thoughts?
1: Yeah, I love, well, I'm going to use that as a, uh, transition to the next question. I want to try to bring in some of the people who didn't answer that first question. How can you keep a positive outlook when going through the transition? Joy. And it is because the name fits with this question.
6: Thank you for that. Um, How can you keep a positive outlook when going through a transition? So I guess I would just reiterate what I've said before and what others have said before. Have um, a support network. Know Mm -hmm. that you're not alone. I mean, it sounds like almost every person on this call has been involuntarily let go however whatever that is being laid off or riff or you know being fired you're not alone um and that you know there are things that you can do um you know read books get a network um practice your interviewing reach out to people um so i think just keeping maybe even having a a a mantra you know like i will get through this this will uh, and there is light, and it's going to be okay.
1: I love that. Thank you, Joy. Shaughnessy.
9: Yeah, I mean,
0: how can you keep it? I have, um, I'm not going to reiterate, I, I, I don't want to be a broken record about, about uh, the therapy thing, but um, I think that being able to and I know this is, a, this is a luxury too, but to whatever extent that you can, being able to use the time, you know, in addition to searching for your next thing, also recuperating and resting and, uh, you know, d- doing some creative pursuits, things that sort of ground you in um, being a human being first um spending time with your family um whatever that might be i think all that stuff is really important for your health um and i don't think that you can really um have a a healthy job search (laughs) or even a healthy start to your job without caretaking uh, on that side um so for me that's been really that's been really um uh, enriching and and has helped
1: awesome thank you brian
8: I'd say first thing, do call up Corey, eat some fat, greasy food with him. (laughs) Um, Do some reflection. And after you've had that reflection and that downtime, get busy. Don't, don't like, I agree with Shauna that you need that downtime, the reflection and stuff, but don't let it go on too far. You'll get in your own head. And so I say, get busy, start networking, start having those lunches and coffee, and start applying to things and talking to people.
1: Pamela?
9: Um, I, I kind of am going to take Brian's comment and, and add to it, which is, yes, you want to be moving. And there are going to be days when all you want to do is is vegetate on the sofa and read a book. And so you have to also give yourself that space to to feel the pain to kind of just check out for a little while before you dive back in. So be awesome. kind to yourself.
1: I, I that we we do have to be kind to ourselves think about ourselves sometimes we can be very hard Corey
5: I want to build on Pam's answer because it kind of it, it gave me an idea which is limit the amount of time you feel sorry for yourself <laughs> or you feel mad at the world take 20 minutes scream into a pillow uh, whatever it is go work out whatever eat eat a cheeseburger whatever it is uh, and then say okay I'm going to feel sorry about this. And I'm going to think that this sucks for 20 minutes. And then I'm going to go do something else. Whatever the the, something else, if it's if it's uh, watch a movie, apply for jobs, uh, you know, uh, veg on the couch, whatever it is, limit the amount of time that this infects your brain with negative thoughts.
9: There, there is this technique of writing three pages in the morning. Mm Which I usually get to about seven o'clock at night, to be fair. Um, but it's a way of kind of doing a brain dump of all the kind of things that are cluttering up your head and worrying you. So if you find that that's you end up in this worrying mode, see if you can like get it out uh, there.
5: That is a really good suggestion because I resisted the urge to journal for so long. I had people coaches tell me you should journal. Journaling is helpful. And I'm like, Yeah, it's not for me. But What I realized is journaling is for you. It is to get the thoughts out of your head and get them into paper. Even if nobody else reads it, you put that thought into the world and made it real instead of sitting there at night, 1.30 in the morning, going, this idea is still bouncing around my head. If you get, I found that if I get ideas out of my head that are bothering me, if I at least write them down, there's a great app called Penzo that I do digital journaling in. Um, but if I actually get it out of my head, then I don't think about it as much anymore. And it's so freeing to be able to come back to it. And go, what did I think about that? Now that I've forgotten it, because yeah. it's not in my head, I can think about other things.
1: No, I, I love that. And you know, I'm going to say, you know, Ted Lasso. You know, what animal has the shortest memory? Goldfish, right? Sometimes we need to forget about some of the stuff, have a short memory, and move forward. Uh, I do wanna get us to the lightning round and it does need to be lightning. We've got a big group and we're, we're we're pushing on time. In a word or short phrase, how does a community help in these times when we're going through this transition? Uh, Brian Weber.
8: I would say everything you had in your poll, a community can help you with.
1: Everything in the poll, awesome. Joy.
6: Uh one word uh, response is support.
1: Support, I love it. Praveen. Network. Network, awesome. Shaughnessy.
0: I think a community takes you outside of yourself um, and often looking at a way that you can help others in the community is um, a really fast way to sort of detach from um, the ruminating that can happen.
1: I love that. I love that, Corey. Support. And come on, you, you, you no? Okay, support.
5: Good support. How's that? Good
1: support. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Pam, I'll go to you, Pamela.
9: Oh, I, I, it's a, it's a variation on support. It says feeling connected because that's the, the you know we lose the we lose the day in day out of being connected with other people. And
4: having a community
9: replaces that real quick.
1: I love it. Eva.
4: Yeah, I just think at the end of the day, having someone to talk to about life in general, um, not to have like a sad story, but I'm estranged from my family. And there's days that I go without talking to anybody. So I think it's, uh, it's important for mental health.
1: Yeah, I love it.
4: Eva, I I
9: hate to tell you this, but I'm the lady who talks to,
4: I'm the weird one who talks
9: to the uh, grocery checkout clerks. So (laughs) there's a solution. You're not the
1: only one on this call, Pamela.
9: Oh, good. It's it's, uh, it's a shared experience.
1: Yeah, completely. Uh,
2: Steve. All the things that people have said, plus uh, belonging.
1: i was gonna go there i'm gonna say inclusion uh and wow what a great call uh this is a hard time for a lot of people right this is you know some of the biggest factors in our lives you know biggest impact and we you know we we try to be strong for our families and and for those of us who have kids for our kids and sometimes i know i put a lot of stress on myself and so Thank you for, for the idea, for this call, uh, for this topic. Uh, you know who I'm talking to. Uh, and you know, thank you for everybody for their insight on you know how do we bounce back? How can we best support you know, uh, talking about what's hard? Uh, and finally, how do we keep a positive outlook in the power of this community and all communities for this? So uh, Jason and Eva already left. Brian, Shaughnessy, Pamela, Corey, Praveen, Joy, my friend Steve, Thank you so much for this very valuable conversation. Shaughnessy and Praveen, hopefully you you, you like what you've participated in and we'll see you guys again. And uh, we do this every week. Uh, Monday, the question goes in the community. Wednesday, we have a poll. And Friday, we have these impactful, powerful calls. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week in the community. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. For more great content and to participate in the Top of the Week conversations, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.